Welcome back to the Woman of Marvel podcast, where we assemble to chat all things Marvel and more. Hey, it's Judy. Hey, it's Sana. Hey, guys. It's summer. It's hot. But you know what this year's all about? Comic-Con? I mean, yeah, it's about to be San Diego. <laughs> Actually, this is coming out the, the first day of San Diego Comic-Con, but... It's the 50th anniversary of Carol Danvers. It is. And I'm obviously very excited about it because I have been working on the 50th anniversary of Carol Danvers <laughs> for quite some time. Specifically. For 50 years? For 50 years. Are you 50? I look so young, though. You look so good. For 50. That's the most <laughs> important thing. But I have been working on uh, Captain Marvel for, God, the last six years. Okay, okay. Regardless, long time, but we wanted to do sort of a celebration story of literally the life of Captain Marvel and what that means. 50 years since Carol Danvers appeared in the Marvel Universe, she arrived in uh, March of 1968 and has been here ever since in many different iterations, I should say, but she was created by Roy Thomas and Gene Colan, and then, of course, shout-outs to Jerry Conway and John Buscema for the Ms. Marvel incarnation. And Carol Danvers is really what we consider one of the most important-slash-powerful characters in the Marvel Universe. And the last few years, even though we've seen her as Ms. Marvel, as Binary, as Spectrum? Was she Spectrum at one point? No, sorry, Warbird. She was, was Warbird like, at one like, point. There's, there's definitely a name yeah. in there. I can't remember what it was. I know someone. There's fans booing me right now. Ooh. And <laughs> but I would, I will say, like Carol Danvers as Captain Marvel is the quintessential version of Carol Danvers that I think is going to live in the Marvel pages for a very, very long time. Yeah, and she's had her own trial and tribulations, and I feel like she's overcome so many of them to become this sort of great role model and mentor here within the Marvel Universe. So Yeah, and a little bit about how we transformed Carol into Captain Marvel was Steve Wacker, who was my former editor of, of mine and who used to work on Captain Marvel, he, he used to say, you know, she's the most powerful woman in the world, yet stories that they told about her were all about her being very weak. She's sitting on a couch eating ice cream, crying about a boy that she broke up with, and yet she can jump out of a window and fly. And Steve always used to say that to me and be like, why are we not telling more stories about the fact that she can kick butt? And she also looks great doing it, but she can kick butt, and she has done so much work to be able to get there, right? She's been at NASA. She's been in the Air Force. Like She's, she's so incredible, and they're focusing on the things that make her more vulnerable than strong. So a lot of what the Captain Marvel stories have been about have been about that. And that's really what we're leading up to in the life of Captain Marvel. So this story focuses on the background of Carol and moments in time that people are aware of, but they don't really know the details of. Margaret Stoll, as you guys know, has been writing Captain Marvel for I think the last two years or so. And she is someone that we brought on after she worked on a Black Widow young adult novel, actually two Black Widow young adult novels. And she's also written the book Beautiful Creatures. And she's just a big fangirl and very much a woman of Marvel uh, for the last few years. So I was really happy that she agreed to write Captain Marvel for us and that she's telling this very, very special story. I think also the great thing about reading Life of Captain Marvel is seeing sort of like where Carol has come in the last six or seven years from, you know, Miss Marvel and her iconic character's costume, right? But like Carol and what she has meant to young fans 
female and male around the world, you know, like being a part of the Carol Corps and the Captain Marvel community is so great and so important. I feel like it has made my life working at Marvel so much better. She's totally like the flag bearer for the woman of Marvel. I think everything sort of started when that book came out, that iteration of her costume came out, and you saw people showing up at the Women of Marvel panels in those costumes. And Kelly Sue DeConnick, uh, who is a writer who really brought Carol Danvers' Captain Marvel to life, nicknamed them all the Carol Corps, uh, which is where that started from. So I really feel like there is definitely a connectivity between Carol and the Women of Marvel. And I think it's so appropriate that we're celebrating it and that we get to talk to the woman behind this very, very special story. And just a little bit of background about the story that we don't really dive into in the podcast. There's something uh, in her past that we haven't really, haven't really dissected. And that's what this story is about. And of course, there's another threat that's looming that is um, very much connected to her past. But it's just such a special story. And I want to give a shout out to Carlos Pacheco and Marguerite Sauvage and Sara Brunstadt, who is the editor on the series now. This is my last series uh, editing Captain Marvel. So I will be doing my sign off after this. And it will be very, very sad. Are you going to like drop the mic and like walk out? Literally. Yeah. You're just going to walk in with a whole bunch of papers in yeah, Sarah's drop office the and drop them and then just going to go everywhere. There's going to be a mic in every single issue of Life of <laughs> Captain Marvel. So, Margaret, thank you for all of your incredible work, and we can't wait to have you back with us. So, let's actually talk to Margaret all about Life of Captain Marvel. Hiring is challenging, but there's one place you can go where hiring is simple, fast, and smart. A place where growing businesses connect to qualified candidates. That place is ZipRecruiter.com slash W-O-M. ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards, but they don't stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invite them to apply to your job. With results like that, it's no wonder that ZipRecruiter is the highest rated hiring site in America. And right now, listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com W-O-M. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash W-O-M. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. We have the amazing epic Margaret Stoll with us. I'm Margaret Stoll. Hi. This is your third, fourth time on this podcast? You know, I I don't count it. I just don't really pay attention to everything that happens outside this podcast. (laughs) Thank you. I'll take that. This is the only reality right here, the three of us. Well, we made uh, Margie. uh, Can we tell people that your nickname is Margie? I just did it. Can Can we tell people? I don't know. Yeah. 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 Well, we we made you a classic uh, woman of Marvel almost like immediately. Like you've been with us now for a few years. Mm -hmm. Um, You've been we dragged you on as a writer for comics after you did the awesome Black Widow series, uh, young adult novel series, I should say. Prose. Prose novels, mm-hmm. yes, there you go. So you've been at a bunch of our panels. And so I feel like it's like, it's not a Women of Marvel podcast without Margaret Stoll. Uh, frankly, I'm offended whenever, A, you work with any <laughs> other women, have any events where I am should not. Be. Like, I feel like <laughs> Women of Marvel TM, Margie should be right there. Yeah, I, T- I agree Margie. with you. I feel like the women of Marvel is a calling, right? And I feel like it's just um, like it's a thing we do that's larger than any of our jobs, sort of. And I think that's because when 
I was growing up being a woman of a certain age. We didn't have it. Like we really didn't have this this sort of celebration of women heroes in the same way. And um, and we made do, right? Mm -hmm. Like we improvised, and now we have so much more. So it's it's always a celebration with you kids. Getting a little bit clumped. <laughs> We've only just started. We've only just started. But Sana did. You just recruited me up and hard. You were like, this is happening. We're doing this. Yeah, it was It was great. Well, I, I remember being like, hey, so what are your thoughts on writing Captain Marvel? Like after she had written Black Widow. And she was like, oh, my God, absolutely. Are you sure I'll write it for free? Like it was all in like one breath. Yeah. And I was like, this is great. I was like, by the way, future advice, do not say that to any editors. <laughs> I have like three really clear adrenaline memories in my life, like mm -hmm. adrenaline permanent stamped memories. Yeah. And one of them is my agent calling to say that I'd been offered the Black Widow book. Okay. That was like the universe cracked in half. And it was you. I was sitting in my car and you talking to me about writing like a monthly comic, which was like the highest honor to me. I just like I was shaking. And then the other one is getting engaged, probably in that order. <laughs> so <laughs> probably I would put Carol on top. But uh, two out of the three of those moments for me, you are smacking them. I'm OK I'm with that. It, so I don't know. Yeah, I like uh -huh. it. Yeah, it just means that you can't get rid of me. Your future well, happiness depends on me it. being in the picture. <laughs> I think I think that's pretty, I think it's clear. So 50 years of Carol Danvers. We've been doing sort of a soft little celebration of Carol Danvers. What is um, that, like a little cupcake every other day? It's a little, well, that's just my normal celebration. <laughs> that's just Sana existing. Sana lives another day. Here's right. a little Ooh, cupcake. cupcake. Yeah. And you've been writing now. Carol, for almost like, I want to say a year and a half? How yeah. long has it been? I think it's more ending Over up for a, two. Yeah, yeah, almost two years. That's quite a run considering many writers kind of come in and, and disappear, and two years is pretty solid. Well, for now Carol, that, too. I mean, I and think for that, Carol, yeah. You know, because Carol's tricky, too. It's taken me this long. Uh, I feel like we've really just sort of gotten together. That's how long it took. Well, I think you're almost at Kelly Sue's run. I think she's had like a similar number of issues as, as what you've got. Yeah. But now you're you're heading into a really special story called The Life of Captain Marvel. Oh that gave me goosebumps. Yeah. Oh my God, it's so good. I read the first script. Yes. Oh I it have is, to give you the rest of the well, script. Well okay, They're so this great. is this is yes. gonna be coming out and the first issue will be on sale now when mm -hmm. this episode goes live. I like read just the script and I was like, oh my God, this is gonna be so good. Like I'm so excited. So I had the same reaction going through just the art, right? Because it's always one thing. I think that's why comics are so special to me anyway, mm -hmm. which is that like you're still telling this sort of, it's a large story and a hero story, but it's such a personal story. And then when you see really beautiful artwork that's as deeply personal as what you did, but it's from people who aren't you and they're just making everything you did better. Mm -hmm. It's kind of really special. And this one has two artists we're both kind of incredible. Yes. Marguerite Sauvage is a flashbacks artist. Yes. And um, Carlos Pacheco. Carlos Pacheco yeah. is just incredible. I mean, both the two of them are very different, but it's, yeah. it's been an incredible experience. I think for the art alone even. So what's actually interesting about that is that Carlos Pacheco is like a classic Marvel artist. So he's been around for mm -hmm. years, really almost decades, I'd say. He was actually one of the first artists I started working with at Marvel because I started on the Ultimate line, and he was one of the artists there. So it's sort of a nice little full circle yeah, moment for me. For you, yeah. But he's very classic Marvel. And then I think Marguerite really represents sort of the new 
League of Artists that have come yeah. up. And she has a slightly different style, but it, it really complements what Carlos is, is trying to do. Yeah. And, you know, we actually haven't really talked much about, like, what the story is all yeah. about. But what Margie has built here is, like, this really beautiful back and forth between Carol's present day life and her sort of flashbacks, these memories of things that she had in her childhood that we haven't shown anywhere, right? She's been around for 50 years, and no one really talks about this pretty important part of Carol's history. So, like, why don't you talk a little bit about, like, where this idea came from and what the thought process is for Life Of? Well, um, first of all, and, and I've said this a few times, this is the most collaborative thing I think you and I have worked on. And mm-hmm. and that's really special. And I also feel like Carol, the whole studio or the building, like, everyone wanted to really get her origin clear and right and out sort of like told in the most accessible way possible that doesn't alter who she is or where she's come from but like carol's ready for her like big global moment in terms of uh, the marvel cinematic universe and i think that was part of the impetus in like let's get it out there the way we want it really intentionally but working with joe casada and you and Axel and with uh, Steve Wacker, who mm-hmm. was there on the, you know, with you and the original yes. kind of re-release of Carol with Kelly Sue. Yeah. And Sarah. And Sarah, Sarah my editor, who's just done some incredible heavy lifting. I feel like it really was the best version of the writer's room where everyone is really thinking about like her needs and what her take on it would be. And then it was this incredible bonding experience of all these creators just sort of like talking about their own family and Mm -hmm. evolution and what made them into sort of like the people they are so it was it's like a weirdly personal story that draws on more people than just me and I think that's been a really interesting thing that you can't really do alone as a writer you know of prose or whatever it was like therapy session when we're going back and forth (laughs) well and I feel like even the notes (laughs) even the editorial notes are like that yeah like actually and Joe Casada is like a he's been like a emotional driver in a lot of this like you I already expected but that was not a side I'd seen of Joe so that's been really interesting sort of the emotion that family carries for everyone and so family was really the touchstone we know that Carol's always had a really rocky relationship with her father and her brothers it's been strange uh Joe senior uh Joe Danvers and Stevie the brother who famously went to college when she did not and Joe jr So now we're taking stock of where she is in life right now. Her father's died. One of her brothers has died. And she returns home following a panic attack where she's off with the Avengers and Tony, who really is a touchstone for her. And they're like dysfunctional in a lot of shared ways. And and I love using that because I think it brings out a really nice side in both of them. He's like basically says, you got to get your crap together. Danvers, you're 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 not going to help anyone, and you're not going to help us, but you're really not going to help yourself. So she kind of goes home to make things right, to her family's summer home in Harpswell, Maine, which is like a tiny, small town. We we think of Carol as a Boston girl, but this is sort of north of there, and we sort of get to leverage that space of like a touchstone that her family has returned to years and years and years to sort of see a different side of them, and it works. We're able to kind of slot it in. You know, we're returning to that touchstone now. And um, something goes wrong, basically, with her brother, and it sets this whole chain of events in motion. And what it ends up doing is teasing out sort of the truth of her powers and the truth of her origin, like her true origin story. 
but it unfolds a little bit like a mystery, which is, I think, something all of us experience when we try to, like, really get to know or understand our family or where our parents come from. I- I've loved every minute of it. The first response that Joe had, outside of him just, like, loving that first script, but was like, man, Murray really knows how to nail a New England accent. <laughs> <laughs> like, just writing it. And it's just one thing to, like, actually do the accent, but writing out the accent was very entertaining. Well, I've spent a lot of time in the part of Maine that we were talking about. Uh, The first thing I wrote was a book set in the South called Beautiful Creatures. And I think that I've always just loved quirky regional stories. I love the detail. I have an eye for small human detail, but also like I'm a writer, so it's it's an ear, right, for sound detail. So that's always been really appealing to me. But uh, Yeah, no, the town, Harpswell is definitely a character in this. It's a town I love, so that was important to me. It's sort of more a sound than a town. It's boats and sort of little islands. And it's been fun to to tease out the big and small of all of these stories and to see. It's such a Marvel thing, too, the world outside your window, where it's the human story and it's it's the story of weakness and human frailty and vulnerability more than anything that can sort of coexist along with these like power ballads of who the strongest woman in the world is and sort of how do we get ourselves to be big and how do we let ourselves acknowledge how big we really are and how can we let go of the things that make us small or that made us small when we were small and and that's something I deal with every single day and I think that's been really interesting for me as a little as a journey in this. What I love about it is the fact that, like, there's this idea that you don't see the things that are right in front of you. Yeah. And really, like, it's kind of meta because that's sort of what the story is about is, like, what you're unveiling here is a story that has always existed. But, like, everyone is going to be looking at Carol Danvers in a slightly different way and being like, oh, I always saw this. I always saw it like this. But also within the story itself, it is Carol kind of reflecting on her life. And seeing things that she kind of always knew was there, but then didn't really, you know, is only made aware of it right now. Yeah, it's definitely, um, I've thought about that so much, Sana. I've thought about like, like I've gone back and looked through her life over and over and thought this is so interesting because this story is skipped, you know, but it's there the whole time. Like it's Mm -hmm. the question, it's the untold bit of the story that hovers over 50 years. It is just right there. I had the same experience with Black Widow, where like you can follow a sort of heart line that goes all the way through the character. Like you can start to tease out what was the collective storytelling of the run of this character throughout Marvel. And I think that's one of the great joys of working with a 80 year old or a 50 year old IP is you see what has stayed the same when all the different waves have eroded, you know, the, the different creators, the different artists, the different culture, the decades, how we've all evolved. And there's some things just don't change in a character. And I, I don't know, that's some sort of beautiful truth. Like, I just love that, you know, that there are some truths to Marvel, to that universe and those characters that never, never change. They're right there if you can just sort of stick your hand in the fire. I've loved that. So that's been really, really Fun. I think this has probably been the most satisfying creator experience I think I've had like as a writer, which is really big for me. I mean, across, I'm an old woman, but like across all that time, really in terms of like family stories and finding a voice and all those things, I think this is so personal 
for so many reasons, it's weird. Oh my gosh, I'm like tearing up. <laughs> See, we we talked about this. Yeah. But you getting emotional about well, it. Did you just know that I would? I just, yeah. Well, because it's an emotional story. And yeah. I think as we were breaking it down in the writer's room and also understanding that like everything that we tell at Marvel here, I mean, one, it's collaborative and it's collaborative in a small way. It's not like 50 people telling yeah. you what to do. It's literally like four to five people telling you what to do. But Drawing like in hearing on, you and telling it like back to you. Yes, exactly, and it and it, it draws in so much on like experiences that I think we've all had in very different ways. So I think it was a very personal journey, and I know it's personal for you because, like, one, you've been so in touch and tune with his character for so long. Yeah, you understand the importance of like female representation. Yeah. She is really a flagship character for yeah. that. I mean, for the Marvel universe, I think, but specifically for that. But what I would ask is, like, what do you think is the thing that makes Carol so unique and so definable as, like, a classic Marvel hero? What is the thing that draws you specifically to her? Um, I think that the thing that draws me to this story is the way she's gotten things so wrong. (laughs) And she's done so well still. Like, what really is a hero? Right. Like a hero is a human who strives and surprises themselves and you with what a human can do. So in that way, a hero is always really representative. Right. Which is why women heroes matter so much, because representation matters for women in particular who, who haven't gotten traditionally that many heroes. But also like heroes represent humans like they are the most we can hope for. And I love the fact that Carol is so flawed and She's just done the best she could, stumbling forward, not necessarily a super self-critical, not self-critical, but like she's not a philosopher by nature. She's a soldier and she just keeps going and she does the hard thing. And that's something that Carol and Natasha, who are the two Marvel women I've spent the most time with, have in common, which is like, I will do the hard thing because I can't do the easy thing. Like, I don't know how to do the easy thing, but I will do the hard thing Mm -hmm. and I will just keep doing it because it's the right thing. And so Carol, I think, has like taken one for the team for so long to like get in her head and really let her accept herself and accept her family and like try to really kind of like let herself off the hook about her human side. That's the thing I want for all people, not even women, but I want it for myself so badly, too. We also talked about how being physically strong doesn't necessarily mean you can be emotionally strong. Right. Being a superhero and having all this power doesn't necessarily mean she always knows what she's doing. Right. No, I'm really deeply interested in that. Like the relationship of being the strongest woman in the world. And then also as a woman, like how do you deal with that? Like we're not validated for that culturally. And I do really relate to that. Like I do feel like women all learn Men learn how to become strong and express that, and women learn how to become strong and hide that. That's a great point. And I feel like that's part of what this story is about, not just for Carol, but for, like, all the important women in Carol's life, is, like, coming out of the closet about how strong we are and sort of accepting that and celebrating that. And that is something I come from a super conservative family background. I come from, like, a culture that there's, you know, that has the 
painted signs on the walls that say bloom where you're planted. I mean, that's my life. That's my people that I come from. And it's so I've always been such a disruptor in that. And at the same time, I've always felt so guilty about it. So it's like I'm working out so much baggage in this and it just it just happens to fit so close to the lens of what she has to deal with. And I think maybe that's what we all do as strong women, right? Like we are all always looking at that whole 50 years behind us in a certain way. Well, there was something about, and this is something as you were talking, I realized that you you did in this story that I think is so true, like her kind of hiding her strength or silently being strong, but like women being strong in a silent way, but ultimately to highlight the strength in their male counterparts, yeah. like the men in their lives. Like right. they do it in a way and, you know, whether it's hiding or not, I think women in so many different ways do that. I mean, I have, I'm the only girl in my family, so right. it's my mom and me, but I'm the only the only daughter. So I saw a lot of that in in this story, in the way that you, you write Carol, but it really comes out. And there is something between Carol and her mother that also highlights that. I don't want to give too much away, yeah. obviously, but it was so beautifully done in such a subtle way. Thank you. And um, and I am really interested to see how this is received and how it goes over and how it resonates for women in general. But but I do really I feel what you're saying. And um, I also had all brothers. So I, I think there is like a kind of like that helped me and taught me a lot about sort of the boy world and what you had to do to compete in that world in a certain way. But there is a stealth component. I'm like that. Like, I'm not a big fan. The older I get, the less I am into stealth. And the less compromise I'm willing to make and the I want to be more, not less. But that's taken me a long time also. So that's one thing I hope for for all my young readers is don't take as long as I did to use your voice. And being strong is always a good thing and, and never a bad thing. Don't be afraid to let the world see how strong you are. I think that's, that's really part of it. You guys, though, I'm so excited. Like, look at us. We're sitting here doing this. We have a Woman of Marvel podcast. This is a huge moment for all of us. It helps us to see other women killing it at the top of the game, especially in these sort of like male industries. It's yeah. just amazing. I think the key thing is it's a moment for all of us. It's for obviously with the film coming up. But like the other thing I was trying to remind people is that there's so many other properties and female oriented comics and creators that you know we were just talking to kelly thompson recently can we just and stop and pause that and say we love kelly thompson oh my God, yes it's amazing anytime yeah she, i <laughs> honestly like i'm goosebumping myself but i'm probably her number one fan so just to see her like i fangirled so hard last time i was in a room that she just walked into I, it's just such an honor and her series is now nominated for an eisner right like it's five incredible. years ago she was co-writing she did a couple of issues of captain marvel with kelly sue and so to see her flourish into this incredible writer and to be a big part of the Marvel Universe and to have you here, it's just a wonderful thing. Like, you know, when you look at sort of the, the world around you, it's those like little moments to celebrate and that you have to be positive about that we should expand upon. Yeah, right? really. I mean, I think about when San and I first like decided to start this podcast years ago. We filmed this in our kind of like terrible little green room in the that corner. Room. And now we have this amazing set. We yeah. have crew that supports us. It's sort of mind-boggling to me. You know, I just, I wanted to tell young girls that they could work in comics. That's all I wanted. It's yeah. crazy. And yeah. now it's even more than that. Yeah. It's great. 
I feel like one of the other great things that you do, Margie, is you're so involved with the fans. Mm. And for Carol specifically, her fandom sort of erupted over the Carol Corps and this fandom. And like, it must take so much out of you to be so involved, but it's also so strong of you. Thanks. I do. I, uh, I actually hear a lot. Carol has a really vocal fan base. And I have really enjoyed getting to know them and they've been pretty accepting of me and they're pretty international too which is interesting i hear a lot from uh women veterans of our armed forces and women who currently serve um and that's an honor always whenever it happens i went to a medal ceremony of a 99 year old wave woman from the navy in world war ii that's awesome who was training you know flyboys to fly and i just thought we've been here the whole time you know, we really have been here the whole time, but it's just so amazing. So I love those. And I, uh, you know, I have a gay kid. I spend a lot of time talking to um, little LGBT community fans who have bonded onto Carol, and that's important to me too. Um, representation for, like, be whatever kind of girl you are. Like, it's been really an honor to sort of be able to help amplify that part of Carol's message because I feel like that's super um it's important. And I think that the reason Carol has a fandom is because because she deserves it. And she is she's a cap in a certain way. You know, she's like the sort of classic all that's good in the world. I want to do the right thing. I'm a soldier. I'm going to take the hits. I'm going to be with you the whole way through. You don't have to worry about me in a way that is not Tony or, or is not a lot of those things. And I, I love that. So if you could write another character... Without any, you know, spoilers here. But, like, if you could write another character in general, who would it be? These are never spoilers for anyone who knows me. I, everyone knows my feelings on all of all of these things, which are, well, I come from writing Black Widow. So Natasha always will have a, a broken, broken hold on my broken, broken heart. Tony Stark is in some way the character who's the most like me. In a way, I should never write him because we are like the same person, you know, like I, we might bring out the worst in each other. But I definitely and Joe always teases me about that, that I write the best worst Tony Stark jokes. But um, I definitely feel that I feel like, honestly, I'm really good friends with Jerry Dugan, who used to write Deadpool. And I I have foul sides of my mouth that I try out all the time. And, you know, that I've written one issue uh of Ms. Marvel, but I'm a huge Kamala fan. But I think that um, it's a difference between like, who do you want to like live with as the hero you want to share your life with versus who could you write and like, who could you really do, right? So it's all sort of, it's all tied up together in that. I don't know what it says about you, but I think that you write guys very well. Like I you write dudes, I mean, obviously you write women well too, but. No, women, like, so women are harder for me. Either way it works, but like I was surprised, like I think the first time you wrote Tony Stark, I was like, oh, my God, she's, like, really good at getting, like, in a guy's head. <laughs> no, I, I, I honestly think I'm, like, if you were to sort out, you know, how much guy there is in me, like, I, I just, it's easier for me. Like, those are easier. Maybe it's from having all brothers. Like, I understand that brain. I understand mm -hmm. those communications. Like, women are hard and remote, and there's so much work you have to do to, like, reach them and complex. access them. And we're complex. complex. Yeah, <laughs> boys are, like, like I, can, I can do those in my sleep. So, yeah, it's, it's interesting. So I, I feel like the one thing, the theme that consistently goes through all Carol stories is cats. Well, spoiler, you will learn that there's a, another cat introduced into this run. So life of 
Cats Marvel, you could say. Why don't you write a cat story? Where's my cats-themed comic? That's I know, that should be next. Well, you aren't you doing a book with cats and robots? I am. Cats versus robots. <laughs> oh my God, what? Cats versus robots, this is war. It's basically the story of my house, right? So yeah. wait, who wins? Um, obviously, can't we all just get along, Judy? <laughs> Not with cats. My child, my child illustrated it. My child's an artist and illustrated the proposal and HarperCollins was like, I want this. Like, we want this artist. I was like, that artist is very hard to get. <laughs> but I do rescue cats. I just rescued my um, fifth cat of my family. But technically, I'd like to point out that two of the cats are my child. <laughs> so it's technically only my third cat. Sure, that's an excuse. Sure. <laughs> I wish I owned five cats. Yeah. I have one, and one cat is more than enough work. Yeah. I can't no, imagine having I, five. I found a cat that looked exactly like a cat that my child drew for the book. And I was like, oh, that's Pounce. We can't not take home Pounce. Like, we know that cat. So I ended up with a tuxedo cat. And he's very, very cute. I'm a rescuer. It's part of your expression of your hero self. So if, if you have that in you and there's an animal that you need to help, you need to do it. This is a spoiler of how I work. I write a lot of my romantic storylines based on cats. Like cats have great physical behaviors. They, they're not great talkers, but they like, they give you the best like stink eye and like ruffled arched back response, the hair, right? They're like, they're so particular and vivid that like if you really understand cats, you can write men, men and women. So I, I keep them around for my, for my art, sanas. Cool. But where is, is the, I'm learning so much. Where's the cat, hat, hashtag cats of Marvel? Wait a minute. I think we're on to something. I think we just did it. Yeah. I think it's going to be I feel like listeners at home, you should send us pictures of your cats. You totally should. Because that's amazing. And I, I I would not. I would look at cats all day. Actually, we so I run these uh, book festivals, Y'all West, Y'all Fest. And we collected creator, like, we had our creators send in their cat pictures. Oh, my God. It was insane. But Tamora Paris, a fantasy writer, sent us her 11. 11? <laughs> 11 cats. Oh, my God. 11 cats. Well, okay. I think that's it. I think yes. that's all the time we have. I'm being told to wrap. So for those at home who don't already follow you, how do they follow you on the internet? Right. On the interwebs. I am M. Stoll on Twitter. That's the uh, probably one of the best ways to find me that's actually me. And Margaret underscore Stoll on Instagram. And Margaret Stoll on Tumblr. And you know, I'm always around. That's the thing about me. Thanks for everything. Thank you, Margie. We love you. Thank you, you for too. coming out here. Yeah, thank you for coming out. Yes. Anytime. Margaret is, you know, sister from another mister. Yeah. As we call each other. And uh, she's she's just a lovely human being and very passionate and also is doing a lot of good out there. So she's also started this festival, this book festival called Y'all West and Y'all Fest. And the entire point of it is to excite and empower young readers and their love and passion for literature. And it's her and a bunch of her young adult author friends. And what I love about it is aside from the fact that she's bringing together all these kids and these fantastic authors, uh, she's also bringing in kids who don't necessarily have access to libraries, to books. So she truly has a heart of gold and is doing some really fantastic things. And I'm so happy she's a part of the Marvel family. Margaret's also joining us at San Diego Comic-Con. So while you guys are listening to this, we'll be insane at San Diego. 
We have a panel on Sunday at 12.30 p.m. in room 6DE. We're going to be recording it. So stay tuned for an upcoming uh, podcast and video content from the panel. We have a great group of panelists. And then we're doing a fun uh, stage event on Friday at the Marvel booth. It's booth number 2329. And it's going to feature Margaret Stoll and G. Willow Wilson in a trivia game. Fight to the death. No, not at all. But we're going to have fans come join us up on stage to do a fun uh, Marvel tr- Woman of Marvel trivia I was going to say, Judy, don't scare the fans away. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. It's actually Friday, Friday, Friday. But Friday, yeah. <laughs> Friday, Friday. Monster truck rally. No, nobody wants that. No. <laughs> Pass. Roll pass. Uh, but yeah, if you guys are going to be at San Diego Comic Con um, and you're there Friday and Sunday, make sure you put this on your schedule. Also, if you're there and you see me or Sana, you should come find us because we'll have pens to give away. Yeah, just say that you love the Women of Marvel and we will give you a, a pen. pen. Bonus. Everyone loves free stuff at Comic Con. Ding, 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 ding. Also, I should say that I will be on a couple of other panels. I've got a Marvel Rising panel on Thursday. With the cast and the directors and the producers. I don't even know the full list. But it's going to be a lot of fun. And there's going to be some free giveaways there as well. And Sci-Fi Fangirls has invited me to do a panel with them also on Friday. It's called Women Changing the Game. And I've got some really cool people with me on stage. So I'm very excited about that. And ideally, come cosplaying as, as one of the awesome... Marvel heroes and we'll take pictures together. Yeah, yeah. If you are, you have a Miss Marvel or a Captain Marvel or any female hero, any cosplayer, come find us. Um, we would love to get photos of you and and we'd love to, you know, have you come up on stage during our stage event on Friday in costume. Yes, we will be asking for volunteers. Cool. Okay. I think that's it. Thanks again to Margaret and uh, make sure you guys are reading Life of Captain Marvel. Um, issue one is on sale now. Yeah, it's so good. It's so good. So good. Okay, we'll take you guys later. This is Marvel, your universe.